Thanks for joining Sales with Suli, a mom of three who spent the last 12 summers knocking doors. Welcome to my podcast where I talk about all things women, the ups and downs of my journey, and what it takes to find success on and off the doors. Enjoy this episode. Hey, welcome back to this week. Um, I am super excited this week. There is just so much amazing energy happening here in Salt Lake City, Utah. There are so many people who are just flying in from all over the world, and I have just been taking tons of advantage by getting so many ladies to come in and just conversate with me in hopes that we will be able to give back to the community and share some of these golden nuggets that some of you women are just kind of like looking for and yearning for when you're out there on the doors Um, And today, or this week's episode, we have Melissa and Abby, who are both from Click Solar. They are located in Colorado. I think they have offices just in in Colorado, right? Uh, We have two in Oregon as well. Oh, and in Oregon. Yeah, Tessa tells me that all the time. Um, Awesome. So I, I, I can't even say like how excited I am that I had met Melissa last year and then just to kind of like watch her journey and kind of like follow what Click is doing and just seeing more women in this space. It has just been so fun. And I look back to 2008 when I first got back, when I got into this space, how this is, this was not normal a decade ago for us women to want to be friends, to even want to reach out, to even want to do something like this and collab without like, you know, thinking about monetary things or anything like that. But it has just been so fun to have literal gems of women here who have been wanting to just be able to help give value. And so I want um, first Abby to give a little bit of background about you and how did you get into the door-to-door space? And then we're going to do the same with Melissa. Um, Because I personally know Melissa's story, but I don't think a lot of people know how Melissa recruited herself. So we'll start with Abby. (laughs) We just dive right into it, don't we? Yes. (laughs) You know, no for... uh, Yeah. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Perfect. Um, Yeah, Melissa and I actually... Melissa's the number one Tinder recruiter. What? Is that who she recruited? (laughs) (laughs) That is the joke of click. Wait, so she literally recruited you off of Tinder? Yes. I am going to start doing that. It's brilliant. I've gotten It's an untapped market. Really good reps from it. Wait, so do you... Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is so the you first go- time we've released this publicly. Yeah. Just so you know. <laughs> okay. So we go on Tinder. I create a profile. And do I want to be attracting guys or am I attracting girls or you're doing both on your girls. profile? Girls. Cool. Yeah. This is fascinating. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Continue with your story, Abby. Yeah. And so we... Started communicating probably end of December. Through Tinder. Through Tinder and Snapchat. Let's make that clear. Yep, through <laughs> Tinder. And then a couple months into it, around like around the end of January, I had gone to Washington and was really, really tired of my insurance sales job. And oh, so you were already in sales. I was. Okay. Yeah. That worked out for Melissa's favorite. It did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so after that, I took about a three-week hiatus and messaged Melissa and reached out to her and said, hey, you know what? Like, I'm ready for a different opportunity. Like, let's do what this whole solar thing that you've been talking okay, about. Okay, now this is the nervy side of Suli. Um, 
So you said that you reached back out to her. Three. So when you guys were first on Tinder, it was more of a, was she just recruiting? Or like you guys were trying to be friends, and then she talked to you about the job, and then you guys didn't talk. And then three weeks later, you're like, oh, yeah, she did talk to me about this job. Let me reach out to her. Now I'm being nervy enough to ask that yep. personal question that I know one girl <laughs> out there listening to this is also thinking about yeah. that, too. So you have to tell yeah. us. Yeah, oh, definitely. So uh, we were communicating, tried to hang out a couple of times, never actually worked out. And then we just started Snapchatting back and forth. And it was kind of more of a social media, like, let's send our, you know, days kind of to each other. And then... This is going to be a fun episode. (laughs) Yeah, it was really cool. And then this opportunity fell in my lap. And I I actually was on a ski lift talking to one of my friends who was also in the solar space. And I said, hey, this girl from Click Solar, like, reached out to me. Do you know anything about this company? And he said, oh, Chase and Cody, I actually just talked to them about helping them with some rafter upgrades. They are awesome. I love them. They're a great company. And after that, and getting a secondary opinion about really something I didn't know anything about. Yeah. So at that point, moving forward is when it kind of gained a little bit more trust Attraction, for me. And yeah. I said, okay, here we go. We're jumping off the deep end. If it's yeah. as good as it actually is, then I'll stay. And if it's not, <laughs> but here I am a year later and I stay. <laughs> well, and the, the advantage that you guys have as well being in like Colorado, there's not a ton of door-to-door competition, I feel like, for recruiting. Do you guys feel that? Like, do you guys have a ton of competition as far as like you know trying to be recruited by this company or like this company there i feel like we because people know who we are now people try to recruit us all the time yeah um like i have somebody who tries to recruit me like twice a day i like have (laughs) i believe that psa's out being like please respect that i love my company like you could offer me eighteen thousand dollars a kilowatt and i I still wouldn't leave because if i die tomorrow i know cody and chase are going to take care of me and my family and that's That's what matters to me. We more see a whole lot of recruiting going on if people are unhappy with their teams. Yeah. So since we do have awesome leadership, we have really great mentors, leaders that work within our company. Yeah. I feel like we hold on to a lot more people that way because we have the leadership and the guidance that people need. I absolutely love that. That's definitely a big thing like in this space is, um, you know, those of us who are trying to. Uh, make sure that our team is getting mentorship and getting that type of value that people are looking for. They're going to stick around um, a little bit longer than than most people. Um, that was awesome, Melissa. So, uh, yes, tell us your story and how you got into door to door and how long have you been here? Yeah, so this is my fifth year knocking yeah. doors. Um, I started in door to door just because pretty much I went to college in in Colorado. Yeah. Uh, my dad passed away, so I dropped out of college. And oh, I didn't know your dad passed away. Yeah, he passed when I was 21. So I used to just go home and work, because I'm from the Cape, so I used yeah. to just work really hard on Cape Beach, you know, all day, work at the golf club all night, doing wow. weddings, stuff like that. And then my mom finally was like, look, like, you cannot build a future doing this. Like, I love you staying with me in the summer times, but, like, you got to get a real job. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so, like, did what any college kid out of college is they got on Indeed and ZipRecruiter and like started applying for jobs and I found an like a interview the next day and I was like all right cool I'm gonna go to this interview and I didn't even know what the job was to be honest <laughs> and um I was getting ready for the interview that morning I was like I'm gonna look up this company on Glassdoor and they were horrendous I was like I am not going to this interview like this is $30,000 a year like I can't live off that I live in Boulder Colorado like that's that's my rent for the year so I was like, I need to figure something out quick because I'm on a two-hour difference from my mom. She's two hours ahead of me in oh. Massachusetts. So okay. I got up at like 7 o'clock that morning and just started like sifting through more jobs. And one of them was like 
for solar. Um, and I was like, cool, like applied and like within two minutes of applying, got a phone call. And I was like, all right, that's weird. But they put me through like an over the phone interview, okay. went through two more, got the job. And I was like, cool, like this works. I did not know what I got myself into. Nobody recruited me. I, I came from the internet. Yeah. Um, and I went to like the first company that offered to take me and I was like, cool, this sounds great. And I didn't have a lot of help with my last company, but like I saw some people that were doing well. Yeah. So I was like, you know, you can do well. Like clearly you can. I'm just not getting help here. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I held on for like a really, really long time until I found a better opportunity with another company that wow. kind of aligned with what I wanted yeah. uh, a little bit more. And they kind of were going to let me run my own office where the other company was like bringing in a lot of uh, people that were th within their family or things like that. It just didn't feel good. Like okay. people were coming in from PEST being my manager and then I would train them. And I'm like, I've been here for a year and a half. I just closed 12 deals last month, self-gen. And I, they're getting, wait, what? what? <laughs> really? I don't get it. Yeah. What am I doing wrong? So I was like, you know what, whatever. And I also just had leaders that didn't lead from the front. Like I didn't know what that looked like. Wow. Like I never saw my leader once knock a door. I'm like, my first door-to-door -door job, all three of my managers, I'd never knocked a door with them, and I never saw them knock a door. Wow. Um, so I thought what management meant was you get put on the shelf of, like, not having to knock, and you just get fed appointments. Huh. And we would get yelled at a lot, like, where are our pictures? Like, are you guys on the doors? And it just, like, felt very, like, crack the whip. Yeah. Um, and I'm not a crack the whip person. Like, yeah. that's even how I lead my office. Like, I still go out and knock doors to this day. Like, yeah. Abby could tell you, I still go out and knock with her guys. I was out with them, like, two days ago. Yay. So, like, <clears throat> I'm not too good to knock doors. And, and for me, I was just like, this is just not the right fit for me. So, um, one day I got an invite to, like, click solar on Facebook. <laughs> and I call Cody instantly. And I'm like, hey, man, did you guys start working for a new solar company? He's like, um, well, uh, we, I'm like, well, spit it out man we started our own company i was like cool let's get lunch next week so <laughs> she's I'm, always recruiting herself people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. um so <clears throat> he's like all right let's go to lunch and i grabbed my buddy brennan who worked with me cody and chase at the last company because i worked with them at my last company they saw my work ethic they know okay. how i work and we were like we're gonna go down there we're gonna ask for an office we're gonna ask for owner guys and if they say no screw them like we'll go somewhere else <laughs> and they gave us everything and they're like yeah no problem and then we both were like shoot how do we leave the other company like, what do we do? So we, he left on really good terms. I, on the other hand, didn't know how to leave because I had so much money in the pipeline. Uh, and Cody and Chase, I hate that. they had left on good terms and let them know that they were leaving. And they didn't So they get, gave them their money? No, they didn't. So that's And they, they left on good terms? They left on good terms and paid them their money. That's why they said to me, like, hey, you don't have to come work here right now. I'll at least hang on and see how much you can get. So I went on a month-long vacation, got a little bit of the money, good. and I still tried to hold on. And they're like, hey, are you coming here? Like, you know, you said yeah. you were coming here. And I was like, okay. So I started there and ended up, there was crossfires. So, so did you get like any of your install pay or anything no. that was in the, that's and what I hate about this space. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was like, whatever. And obviously like I'm doing much better now, but yeah. that was the hard part for me because I didn't know how to navigate that. I'd never done that before. So I was like, I don't know how to leave. Like apparently if you leave on good terms, you still don't get paid. So like, <laughs> it doesn't matter what terms you leave on. That's like, what I try to tell know? refs. I'm like, look, at this point, if you found a spot that you feel like is great and you're like worried about your pipeline, it doesn't matter. You're not getting it. Make a decision that's yep. in your best interest and just move forward. Just go yeah. on a month long vacation yeah. if you can and then peace out. <laughs> Hopefully we can be like Melissa. Well, yeah. And the cool thing too is like I've worked at Click now for a year and a half and there's only been two reps ever that we haven't paid and it's because like they, they probably had chargeback uh no it's more like they were using like that we thought they still worked for us but they're working for another company so they're using our sales rabbit and grabbing pins and yeah. running appointments I'm and that was where we were like okay like that's yeah. pretty against your non-compete yeah like, we're like, gonna cut on. that off right there so <laughs> it was cool going to a company seeing like they will still pay you when you leave and oh. i was like man those are people i want to go work next to like not people that like if i leave like there goes forty thousand dollars of my money like yeah. that was hard because i was young too and like like I said, my dad had passed. Like, I didn't have anything. It's not like I 
had a safety net of being like, hey, mom, hey, dad, like, can you help me? It's, <laughs> How old are you now, Melissa? I'm 28. So. Oh, my, you are still a youngin' girl. Yeah. <laughs> like, she started young, you're still young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, now, now I'm with Click. I've been here since the rip, pretty much, and it's this will be my fourth year coming up with Click. Holy cow. You guys are definitely unique situation. So for me, I've never been like one to do like the online recruiting. You two are like anomalies. So first of all, one was recruited off of Tinder and another one recruited herself on Indeed. So for those of you women out there who are looking for ways to start recruiting, start in those two spots, Indeed and Tinder. (laughs) At least as like a, okay, first stepping stone. So that is, I have just like loved like seeing just your guys like connection and how you guys have just kind of like what you guys are doing in your guys' offices. And I kind of want to talk about that that dynamic because here in the door-to-door space, when you look at managers, when you look at teams, it's typically guys are at the front. They're the ones running the offices. They're the one running the teams. How have you feel like that you guys have been able to navigate that? Like how did you guys, well, obviously you told your story about like, okay, the, the guys just saw like your, your work ethic, but how have you guys been able to see or like what kind of advice would you guys give to women who are wanting to close or be leaders or open up an office and we're just in places where it's all just ran by guys? Like what do we do? Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing for me is, like, you always, like, be the hardest worker in the room always because people are going to see that, and it's not going to go unnoticed, but you consistently have to be the hardest worker in the room. You can't just be the hardest worker for the month of October, and then you went on vacation and did something else. It's like, I put in that work day in and day out, year after year, where it was obvious that I was going to do whatever it took to, to move myself up. Yeah. And you also need to not be afraid to ask for those opportunities. If you feel like you're stagnant and I you want to be a leader, go sit down with somebody who's above you and say, Hey, how can I get into leadership? What is that? What does that roadmap look like? I love that. There is not enough of us. Like, I feel like a lot of us women were, we, we like to serve. We want to like do whatever we can to make sure that we, you know, they see us and those types of things. But I think not enough of us are sitting down and just asking mm-hmm. for a roadmap and like, Hey, what exactly do I need to do? Um, but just getting off of like the, the last conversation and exactly like what you said, Melissa, like us women, it can't just be a, Hey, you work hard for two weeks and then you earn respect. Like, I feel like for us, one of like the the struggles that I've seen for myself, it can't just be a one, two, three month thing. Like this is a month after month, a year after year is going to be the only way that you're going to be moving up. But what, what was it like for you? Because like now you own an office, like how did you get there? Was it just kind of like, Hey, Melissa was like, I found her on Tinder. Now I'm going to have her open up an office and we're good to go. Like, how did you I get wish there? It was that easy. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I definitely worked for it. Um, I feel like honestly, in the space and the way that Click has created everything is it is a great way for men and women to like rise to the top, but also having female leaders, female leaders recognize female leaders. So at that point it was Cody, we needed someone for the Denver office and I had been at Click. I was putting in the hours. I was putting in the effort. I was putting in the work. I was leading from the front and Cody just said, Hey Melissa, like who in your office is available and would be willing to take something like this on. And she referred him to me and he was, she was like, Hey, I really think Abigail would be a great fit in that office. And so then at that point is when I got to move forward, but it was because I think us as women get to recognize both sides of things. Like if we're like, okay, this guy can move up. Awesome. But then on the other side, just because he's our bro or something like that, like we don't move him up, you know? So then at that point it was, okay, we have this female leader who we think would be really awesome and we can move her up. 
So I think as women, we think of both sides of the spectrum and it's really easy for us to pick and choose based on what the needs are Just because that's, and stuff, yeah. that's our motherly nature too. You know, like if we want to nurture something and we want to grow something, we're going to pick those things that grow it in the best way possible, whether it's women or right. men. But most of the time, some of those things are women. Right. So like, <laughs> I you know, love that. We're really good at growing and nurturing people. And yeah. I feel like that was really what the Denver office needed. They needed someone to come in and to nurture it and to be patient, to work through get rid of some of the fat and put in some muscle. And I was the one for the job and it was awesome. And I would never go back no matter how life my how busy my life gets now. I, would never I go back. love it. Tell me what your guys is like um, office looks like. So you guys run a setter closer model. Mm-hmm. Um, like how many setters do you guys have? Like how many Too closers? Many. <laughs> closers help. Please help. We need help. to reach out to good. Reach out to <laughs> only, only high producing closers. We've got way too many appointments. Yeah. I, I mean, Melissa has the Boulder office. About basically. 30 setters. Okay. So and you guys have 30 setters. And then how many closers do you have in your office? That can take appointments. Four. Um, and then we have like five other self-gen closers. Okay. So do you guys do like, you start off as a setter and then you can move up into self-gen and then like based on performance, you can become a closer for the office. Like a mentor. Mentor. So yeah, yeah, it goes setter and then like setter mentor. So like they go from just being a regular setter where they don't need the setter manager's help to like now they're the ones helping the setter manager with new hires. Okay. And once they show that leadership role, that's where we find out if they're a better fit for the setter role at that point or going into closing. And if they're like, I really want to close, we're like, heck yeah, go to closing. So we send them to closing and they have to do five deals in a month in order to earn appointments from other people to, I love to gain trust. Yep. Um, but you, we used to let people just do that in one month and then they got appointments, but then they would fall off. Yeah. So now we're making them do 10 deals in a 60 day period yeah. um, to earn those appointments, at least in my office, because we have a pretty good structure and we can, we can do that now. Yeah. Um, and essentially, once they move into that mentorship role, they still have to maintain two self gens a month so they don't forget nice. how to knock a door, and they still are responsible for I, taking I people that. out as well. Yeah. So in order to maintain appointments, you in my office, you have to take two setters out a week, uh, you have to get two self gens a month, and you have to maintain five deals a month. I am otherwise, implementing that. Yeah, otherwise I <laughs> I kind of just let one. my closers like go and close. Yeah. I mean, they go and knock with the setters, but like I love that you just like I just learned something. Like you, you know, you still have to have two minimum a month. Come on, that's not like it's just to remember. But it's like such a good concept to have, like the reminder that you still need to knock doors, and like, it helps them bring out the setters too. Yeah, to be like, hey, you got to get your two self gens, but we got six new hires this week, like. Let's get on it, you know? I love that. Okay, so you've got like 30 there and then about um, four closing. Then what about your office, Abby? So we really built from the ground up starting in June. And I cannot tell you how proud I am of where my office is now. Um, But I was the only closer for a while. So I was the only – we had one other closer who moved into being able to take setter appointments. um, And then – I have 25 setters in my So no wonder you're doing like three, four, five, like every day. I'm like, I remember my first year. Now I'm like, I'd rather go knock. (laughs) Yes, I literally, I told, so as of recently, like Melissa's talking about this whole, like we want to make sure people still knock doors. And in the past two months, my schedule has been so crazy that I haven't been able to do that as much as I want to. And I feel like my guys aren't seeing me do that as much as I need to be. But you're trying to get there. Oh, yeah. Your office just... And so now I have Sydney, who is a 
badass woman. I can't wait to meet you, Sydney. <laughs> and she is one of our closers. So she moved up. And then we have Andrew, who's another one. And then we have three or four that are kind of in the pipeline who are moving into closing, Trying who are to ready earn. to move. And so I'm like, I cannot wait for you guys to start closing right? deals so I can start knocking doors again. Because you know what? Like, I'm, I would way rather be humbled on the doors than I would in homes. So, yes. That is like but, one of my goals this year. I'm like, I want to spend more time just like knocking like my clothes, like the setters trust my closers enough that they're not like Suli. Like I need to get paid. Like you yep. go. Like I hate that feeling when they only just are relying on you. Mm-hmm. And it's like, how do you help everyone else grow? But they've got to put in the work too. They've got to be an example to the team. Yeah, and yeah, be able to earn that. And then when you don't close a deal, you feel even like you know because you're like, well, I'm the only one. This is the only way my team is making money. And it's not that I'm I'm not upset that I'm not making money because you know like. Yes. But then it's my setters who are coming in, and I'm trying to like raise these people into leaders and. One of the ways that you raise people into leaders is you also show them what's monetarily possible. Yeah. And people don't yeah. realize like the the struggle that it comes like mentally running a team, knowing that you're feeding these people. And like at the end of the day, it is no longer about us. Like I'm like, I don't even care about a paycheck. I I, I need this person <laughs> to eat. I need this person. Like it's a lot of emotional mm-hmm. pressure. Yeah. <laughs> like yep. I yeah, I don't like it. I'm so excited and fascinated about your guys's like team. So tell me, like, how have you guys been able to navigate? Um, one thing that I've seen on my team with having just more women that that the the dynamics are a little bit different. Like more um, the situations that arise are a lot different. Like, how are you guys dealing uh, with like team drama? How how do you guys like yeah. overcome like some of those kind of struggles that comes with having more women uh, on the team? I feel like. One of the core values that we have, like, at Click is over-communication. Like, that is one of our biggest things. Um, And so I always constantly communicate with my team, and I am, like, our biggest thing is to puke up. Like, don't puke sideways. Don't puke down. Like, don't talk to anyone. Like, always come to a manager because at the end of the day, the only person who's really going to get your problem solved is a leader. So sometimes it takes that cattiness out of it that you sometimes get with women is so they all come to me and I say, hey, is this something that you feel like you can solve by yourself or is this something that we need to sit both of you guys down and we can figure this out together? Yeah. But it's never worth losing someone over silly drama. So the over communication thing is huge. And whenever they're having a bad day or anything like that, like Melissa and I. We never stop working, you know, and our lines are always open. Yeah, Yeah. and I feel like you you guys, like, I'm kind of envious about that. I'll be 1,000% honest. (laughs) Like, to be able to be in a company where you have another female leader in your company that you can reach out to who's going to be able to understand where you're coming from, like, you two have something that I would love, you know, to be able to... Um, have as another like you know woman who's in the same exact like playing field running a team doing all those things in my same exact company um, so that you're not puking down it, mm-hmm. it, it's a lot of weight to, <laughs> to carry when you're doing it by yourself and all the rest of the leaders are guys and I don't want to keep having them put this blanket statement it's like oh see women are just drama and so then I play this thing of like okay well I never want to call my male leaders to talk to them about the drama on my team because then it's just going to keep proving their point wrong And so how would you guys like suggest, so because before you had um, Abigail, like what were one of the things that you were doing, Melissa, or who were you reaching out to, to be able to, um, you know, kind of like relieve some of those emotions or things that are happening? Because obviously we don't want to puke down. Yeah. So uh, how are you finding ways to be able to do that? Um, So 
I'm su- we're super lucky that Cody and Chase are the people that own our companies because they're not like one-sided boy this, boy that, girl yeah. this, girl that. So I've always, when I first started, Chase was my go-to guy. Now he kind of handles the operations. Yeah. Um, so mostly Cody, but to be honest, I and I've said this multiple times, but Alex Hall is kind of like my saving grace in this industry. There yeah. has been days where I have been like ready to quit and ready to like let go of everything because I'm just so frustrated with like, I want it this way at my company and I've talked to this many and this isn't yeah. how it works and I have to go puke all of this on Alex and I'll text her and be like, hey, like I need to talk to you. She's like, can this wait? And I was like, no, I need to like puke on something that's not in my company. Like I'm in a really bad spot right know. now. And it doesn't happen often. It happens like uh, yeah. once a year yeah. where I'm like, I'm gonna implode. <laughs> yeah. And she has been there to like guide me through how to feel the way I feel. Like she lets me cry. She lets me let it all out. And then like when I'm done, like ooh, ooh, she's like, all right, when you're ready to flip into solution mode, let me know. Like yeah. that's the line I'll always remember her telling me when you're ready to flip into solution mode, let me know. And then we start finding solutions for how I'm feeling yeah. and bringing those the correct way to my leaders where I don't sound like I'm being dramatic. So it's like, here's my problem, but I came with a solution. Yeah. It's like, I'm not just coming with a problem. I just want you to know how I feel and the problem that's arisen, but we can overcome it this way or this way. There's just my thoughts. Like, what do you Yeah. Think? And now your emotions aren't there because you've already had someone to be able to spill that over with. And then mm-hmm. you guys came up with that solution. That's why I am super stoked. Uh, a lot of women don't know yet, but that's why I'm kind of excited for some of us women in, in leadership with Alex and your guys' self and, and Lindsay, where we're going to be wanting to start these little um, female masterminds. And for me, my whole purpose in doing all the things that I'm doing in this space is exactly because these problems have happened to me. Like, who do I reach out to? Like, who is sharing their content? Who's sharing these tips? Like, I knew that I had to be the change or the person that I was looking for in my space. And now I'm hoping that all of us, like, are going to be able to be exactly what Alex was for you. You know, I want to be able to have women who can just reach out to Abby. And just any of you women who are listening to this, I'm like, I don't want to recruit you. I don't need you to, like, come to my team or anything like this. Like, I want us to be able to support women where they're at, whether it's pest control, alarm, and all these things. So being able to hear that you're like, yeah, I just found someone who wasn't in my company. They were able to give you that support, not getting anything from you monetary, but literally showed up for you emotionally so that you can go and save yourself when you went and you were talking to your manager. Like, that is huge. Like, I am so grateful that you shared that story because that's what our focus is going to be uh, over this next year with a lot of us women in leadership is being able to create that community for a lot of you women in the space who may feel a little alone or who just feel like, um, you know, you want someone to be able to relate to or conversate with before you go to the managers. And again, this isn't like putting down any like guys or anything like that, because just as Melissa has shared, she has like great male leaders and I have fantastic ones. But I know when I first started. I feared the judgment of this is just another drama. It's intimidation. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It's just another piece of drama. Okay. Um, uh, Let's move on. So I kind of want to get into your your guys' success story. Like you guys are just performing at a very high level. There's a lot of women in this space who want to be Abby, who want to be Melissa, who want to be Suli. Like what are some tips and advice that you guys would give to someone who's starting out as a setter who wants to be closing at a high level as you guys are doing? Like what are some tips and advice that you guys would give grab the best producer in your company and attach yourself to their hip <laughs> put that's in what, the hours put yeah. in hours yeah so you just kind of like just just followed melissa here like I've, yeah oh yeah up to my house every day at like 9 a.m and she didn't go home till 9 p.m like I, she came out all day until with me. melissa was done running her last appointment so she would walk into a house we would knock around the house that she was inside of once she, she would give us a 15 minute warning and we'd have to like run back to the car and make sure, because she I would always that. have an appointment like right afterwards. I love that. So then we would run back to the car and get in the car and 
Um, then she would go to her next appointment. Then we would knock around there. Or there are some times where, especially when Melissa and I both started closing, that we would go together sometimes. And I would go to one house. She would go to another one. And sometimes we'd leave setters in the neighborhood for, like, almost two hours. But we were like, <laughs> hey, you know what? Like, you guys need to go, and you need to do this on your own. But it didn't – it doesn't give you a choice to leave. Because your now form of transportation is an hooked to that house and is in an appointment. <laughs> so you literally can't leave. And that is, like, the only way to become high-producing – or one of the many ways, but – in my opinion, what worked for me was putting in the hours, attaching myself to Melissa or to a high producer Yes, and putting in those hours and not giving up because I came to Melissa two months into working at Click and told her I was going to get a restaurant job on the weekend because I like just wasn't there yet. Like I hadn't seen how successful I could be. And then she was like, you're going to start getting that install pay. Like that is going to come in like a month. So stick it out for another month. Let me know. And at the end of that month is when I had done my best month ever. And then a month (laughs) later, I was going into an office. And how did that change? Because that is very common. Like I come from the pest control industry. And so for me, it doesn't matter how much I make on one deal. I am going to keep knocking and keep working. Whereas a lot of people who start in solar, they will make five, 10 grand on a deal. And it's like, peace, I'll see you in, uh, I'll see yeah. you in two months. But then there are those people who really are working and kind of like similar to you. They're like, oh my gosh, I need to go Uber or do something on the weekends. Like what kind of change um, for you? Because I love that line that you said that I was going to go work at a restaurant and obviously you didn't like something mm-hmm. happened. Like I what? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So Melissa I shouldn't let anyone. <laughs> Melissa didn't let me, Okay, but I also started to really put in the effort and the work and got tired of telling myself, no, like I got tired of making the excuses. I got tired yeah. of the sleeping in, like, you know, the yeah. things that were the reason I was not succeeding. And once I switched you removed the excuses on and removed the excuses and, like dedicated a good majority of the time to doing it is when I saw the monetary come. And then after that, like that's the biggest thing we do struggle with is people get that one paycheck and then they peace out. But (sighs) you have to figure out that why and you have to figure out why you're in this industry and what that could do for you in the macro instead of just concerned about the the micro. (laughs) And that is one, that's one of the biggest things. And that's what we, her and I have talked about it too, with creating goals for our teams and like what, if your goal is $80,000, like in a year yeah. or something, let's say you get to that $80,000 mark, but it's only November. Yeah. So what is your reason for pushing past that, getting past that mental block of, hey, you know what? This is the most money I've ever made in a single year. And I'm cool with it. You yeah. Know? Like, yeah. no, 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 no. You <laughs> no. still have two more months left. Like, yes. let's figure this out. And that's a really big thing I would Making say. Making people's lives bigger. Yeah. What about you, um, Melissa? I mean, I almost quit this job a lot of times. <laughs> And I guess for me, it's like, I don't even know why I held on. I'm going to be honest. Like, I'm one of those people that, like, I just saw people doing it. And it's kind of like Tanner Williams said, like, it was like, why not me? Like, I've always just been in this spot in my life where, like, I've had, like, I've worked really hard to go do what I want to do. And I've had that stripped away from me so many times. Like, Mm -hmm. I got my knee blown out and my hip blown out when I was going to go play, like, D1 hockey after high school. And, like, that crushed my whole future. Wow. And, like, it got to a point where I was just like, I I can work this job the same way I, I worked in hockey. I'm going to, I'm going to put in the time in season off season to be better than everybody else. Um, but nobody was looking out for me, which was like, it made it so tough. Like I had no oh. one looking out for me at all. So like, I just like literally just had to keep trying 
And finally it became like, and it's something I saw with Abby, but it's like an internal belief in yourself. Like you start to believe in yourself yeah. and it happens when you start making sales. Yeah. Because for me, I had no sales for a month and a half in this job. I made $150 my first month since my first Ooh, month in solar. Wow. So everybody listening saying, you're making no money. <laughs> I made no money. For two months. <laughs> for two months. And then I got three sales in 24 hours wow. and my belief instantly changed, yeah. you know? And I was like, okay, I started to believe in myself and I ran off the high. Even, even though they say, don't let your highs get too high and don't let your lows you get too low. But when you're at a setter, if you have a high, ride that high as long and as hard as you can. Like, like keep working to maintain that high. Don't just, don't just have the high for a day and be like, I'm not going to work. I'm going to live off my paycheck. Yeah. Like keep running at the paycheck to keep going. And you will find a belief in yourself. Like I started seeing Abby, the reason she didn't want, she didn't want to do this job anymore is because she stopped believing in herself. Aww. And I saw that in her eyes in the car that she like didn't believe she could do this job. Yeah. And then she got two sales and I saw the belief in her come, come back. back. <clears throat> she started to believe in herself. And that's what it was. It was a change of belief. Riding off of that. I love that. As I listen to you, Melissa, there's definitely some of us women in this space where we are super, uh, we're, we're anomalies. It's one of the reasons that I don't really like to talk about my story a lot. There are just some of us where we don't need to be handheld. We don't need to be anything like this. Like we are just going to like work our asses off and do what we got to do. And then there's some people who need to be cold cultivated but as I'm listening to you like you had nobody holding your hand you're like I was amazing in hockey so again for those of you guys looking to recruit find the women's sports I was amazing <laughs> in hockey and um you weren't there anymore but you took that same work ethic there and you brought it here whether you had someone holding your hands or not like people weren't watching you behind closed doors you were still putting in the hours and that's what I continue to see with you and high producers in this space is when nobody is watching we are still doing what we got to do whether it's training whether it's our pitch, whether it's all this stuff. And I love that I'm hearing another successful woman who is doing the same things that I'm doing behind closed doors because some people don't believe it. <laughs> like they're just like, oh, how do you just like wake up so cool and like so successful? But what we don't talk about enough is all the shitty things that we're doing behind closed doors um, at 9 a.m., at 10 a.m., at 6 a.m. Getting phone calls from customers that are like, yeah. am I getting installed today? And you're like, oh my God, let me get to a computer. <laughs> let me see if your permits have been approved. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah kind of thing. Kind of shower first, like. Yes. And so, um, a, a lot of people, they see our stats and they see their numbers, but I, I don't see that in you, Melissa or Abby. Like I see the mother fussing work that you guys are putting on behind closed doors. Like I know what it looks like that people don't see. And I just want to give you guys props. Thank like you. I am so excited. Like I literally have chills like that you guys are here, like sitting with me and, you know, meeting you last year and seeing where you are right now. This is why I freaking do the free work podcast things that I do, because I want to be inspired by people like you that I've never met before. And I'm freaking inspired, <laughs> inspired right now. I, I'm super stoked. So I want to thank you guys for your guys' time. But before we do get off, just because I know a lot of women and a lot of people always ask, hey, what does your guys' pitch look like? Um, which we're not going to share everything, but what are some of your guys' favorite uh, closer lines that you guys do like to use when you guys are in homes? Like what are some of your guys' like favorite one-liners that you guys like to use? I mean, I think my assumptive close is just like awesome. Like I just like walk into the close. So like literally at the end where I'm like, okay, cool. Any questions? And this is where people are like, well, normally like, so do you want to do it or yeah. whatever? And I'm just like, awesome. So I actually just have to qualify to see if my company can even work with you real quick. What's the correct spelling of your last name? Okay. I kid you not. If you ask, when you see Blake Randall in two days, go and approach him and ask him, what is the clothes that Suli always does? And it is that <laughs> like, he's just like, I, it, it is just the assumptive clothes. Like I don't even like ask questions. And I was like, okay, I don't even know if you qualify. Like what's your first name? Like grab your driver's license and I'm just like putting it in like I don't even I don't use any other clothes I just mm -hmm. assume the sale like every single time so yep. to be able to hear you do that that's awesome Abby what's your favorite one-liners that you use 
Do you already know which one I'm going to say? (laughs) (laughs) Say it. Um, In a country where we truly love to own everything, what is your reason for justifying why you don't want to own your utility and why you wouldn't want to own your own power? Like, and if you can give me a reason as to why you can justify paying more for something that I'm giving you a better option B, I'll walk out. But if you can't give me a better option, then at that point, we're qualifying, we're signing you up, and you're going solar, baby. Like, um, Yeah, that's that's one of my biggest ones, especially in more of the more aggressive markets. Yeah. Like, saying, hey, you know what? Like, you like to own a lot of your stuff. You don't rent your couch. You don't rent your house. Like, that's why you own those things, because they build equity. Yeah. And it doesn't make sense to pay rent to a utility company. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I am going to have you guys pitch me a setter pitch, though, just because, you know, uh, it's a setter pitch. So, Melissa, uh, well, yeah, yeah. Uh, Abby will be your customer. Oh, Hello there. Hey, how's it going? Are you the homeowner? I am. Awesome. My name's Melissa. I just do the site reviews for the, for the meter swaps. You guys know if Excel's come by yet to swap out your smart meter? Oh, are you one of those solar people? I'm guessing you guys have a lot of us stop by, huh? You're like the sixth person this week. The sixth person this week. I'm the cutest one though, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, probably. Okay, well, I'll be super quick. Do you guys do you guys know if you got the meter swift, switched out yet? Uh, we have a new smart meter. Okay, cool. Do you guys know if they've implemented time of use yet on your bill? No. Okay, so there's a new pricing structure with your bill. I'm not sure if you saw that, but the big thing for a lot of homeowners is between the hours of 1 and 3, they're doubling your rate, and between 3 and 7, they're tripling it. Are you guys home at all during the day? Only at night. Only at night. Okay, cool. So they just raised your guys' base rate. I don't know. Did you guys get this email last week about the 8.2% rate increase per month? We did. Cool. And then our gas bill went through the roof, too. Went through the absolute roof. Yeah, same thing happened with my house. Um, so my job's pretty simple. What I do is I just see which homes qualify for a net meter to own their power, the utility company, instead of renting it. Have you guys seen if you guys can qualify for one of those yet? No. No. Okay, so yeah, this is one of your neighbors down the street. He doesn't have to, and this is another one of your neighbors who doesn't have a net meter that's paying all these ridiculous surcharges and fees. My job's pretty easy. All I do is I just put together the free report. Do you guys know roughly how much you guys are paying for energy right now? Like 180 bucks. 180 bucks. So yeah, you've obviously seen all your neighbors with the windmills and the solar panels. They didn't hit the lottery. Um, they usually just realize one of two things, either one, that they're overpaying on a bill they'll actually never cancel, or two, that they could just redirect all the money they're donating to the utility company into something that they own. But like I said, I just drop off the free reports. What's your name? Abigail. I <laughs> love it. Those of you in Colorado, if you use that and you get a sale, you better text You better text Melissa. <laughs> like, um, yeah, I think when I was helping um, uh, Tessa and uh, Care with theirs, like, I love that you guys talk about, like, the hours and the time of day that people um, are using their electricity and how it's going up. In, in Texas, we don't, we don't have that. And so I don't think enough people in your guys' area are using that. I know, like, with some of our guys in, in our offices there, and, like, they don't, they don't use that. that that's freaking awesome. Okay. So lastly, for any women who are looking to get into this space or wanting to leave, like what would be some, like one piece of advice that you would give to any woman who's looking to get into the door door space? Don't be scared. And if you need help, there's a lot of us girls that are here to like yeah. guide you through it. We're yeah. always going to be here for you regardless of the logo on your shirt. Thank you. What about you, um, Abby? Definitely chime in on that one and don't be afraid to ask for what you want. Yeah. Like if you are wanting to get into the space or you're wanting to go into a leadership role, walk in there with the confidence that you know someone else on your team would have and ask for what you want because the thing that leaders and managers and CEOs are going to respect the most is someone coming to them with something that they want and something that they're willing to fight for Yeah, because that shows that you're willing to lead people into that with you. I love that. So two things. 
don't be afraid to ask what you want for. Like, obviously, you're going to be working for it. And like Melissa said, there are so many of us here in this space, including uh, Melissa and Abby. For those of you who are in the solar solar space or if you're in Colorado looking to get, like, mentorship or just needing help, uh, Melissa and Abby, where can you guys be reached out at? Like, if you guys can drop your guys' Instagram handles or your guys' emails so people can reach out to you. Yep, my Instagram's my name. So it's M-E-L-I-S-S-A-R-O-M-I-Z-A. And then there's four A's at the end. So AAA7. Um, and that's my Instagram. You'll see a bunch of uh, door knocking stuff on there and tons of stuff you guys can use. Yes. And then Abby, how can we get a hold of you? Yeah, my uh, might be changing my Instagram soon, but for now there will be an <laughs> announcement on there. Um, for now, my Instagram is Abby.traveling. So A-B-I dot T-R-A-V-E-L-I-N-G. Thank you. You guys have shared like so many good nuggets. Like I'm so excited to get this out here. Again, those of you women in this space who are looking to get in, kind of want any kind of mentorship or maybe in Colorado, definitely reach out to Abby or reach out to Melissa and we'll see you guys on the next one. Thanks for taking the time to tune in. If I've added any kind of value to your thoughts on knocking doors, please share this podcast with another female rep. Until next time, know that you are capable, you are valued, and most importantly, you are enough.